Beach City Quarantined. I'm Liz, that's Aaron, and folks, for all intents and purposes, we are nearing the end of our little quarantine. Summer break is drawing to a close, and with it, the final episodes of Steven Universe come trickling past us. It is a profoundly sad experience. <laughs> I wish, and there is going to be more. That's the exciting thing. As you all know, we are doing... 10 episodes each week, which means that in three short weeks, we will be done with season five, the final episode of Steven Universe, and I'll be back to work at school, and maybe back to working at his job. I already am. <laughs> well, being gone, being harder to come and binge and watch as we do, uh, but hopefully we'll be able to return to the Steven Universe platform with the Steven Universe movie later this year, as well as Steven Universe Future. I was hoping that we would finish out the season and then watch the movie, because I'm pretty sure the movie happens... It's a continuation, and it's right between those two things. That's yeah. exactly what's going to happen, Aaron. Um, Hit the nail on the head. But awesome. this summer, we are already... This summer. <laughs> we are so close to the end. And this is the exciting episode. This is the first episode we have unwatched eps unwatched yep. plot threads so spoiler alert we're gonna start theorizing wildly and speculating greatly and for us the excitement is real and palpable because we've never seen any of this before this is going to be an intense couple of weeks and i'm excited to jump right in i some things are going to come to light uh some things that have been spoiled for me i finally get to go man i wish that wasn't spoiled <laughs> uh that i have been building up for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, and I'm really excited. Uh, this has been a, a fantastic show. Uh, you know, it has absolutely grown to be one of my favorite shows. I knew it was a fantastic show whenever we watched it the first time, but the intricacies that we have, uh, been able to experience this second go round has absolutely just, um, been brought to light. Um, I'm really excited to get to the end of this season. Um, and just to kind of get to the movie because everyone was excited for the movie. I was trying to buy the, the video game so I could experience it on a different media platform. So, um, uh, Today we are discussing the first 10 episodes of season 5, which are Stuck Together, The Trial, Off Colors, Lars Head, Dewey Wins, Jumcation, Raising the Barn, Back to the Kindergarten, Sadie Killer, and Kevin Party. Um, so I'm, yeah, these are some great episodes in here. Um, let's get into them. All no, right. No duds, no bummers. No duds, no bummers. Uh, so we left off season four with Steven giving himself up as pink, uh, as Rose Quartz to be taken off as a prisoner to Homeworld, uh, for everyone else. Uh, that's where we end off. And so we start stuck together. Steven and Lars, stuck inside Topaz, try to look for a way to escape the homeworld-bound ship. Oh, my gosh. This Lars, again, why? They purposely, Rebecca Sugar did this on purpose. She left Lars, of all people, on this ship for him and Steven to have to work together. And just the great aching void that is Lars who feels like he can't do anything. Steven is doing all the heavy lifting trying to get Lars to just do something, anything and he's so terrified that he's wrapped himself up in this unemotional shell and this it, he's becoming more he's not just oh a teenager who doesn't like to do things it's a completely different character someone who's so terrified that he rather just wouldn't do anything 
terrified to the point of non-committal. Yeah, like he um in this episode we find out that he did in fact um go to the party, wimp out basically and just say, "You know what? I'm not going to go to the party through his his uh cake away." Um, and then got abducted because uh, and it, he tells Stephen Stephen like, he doesn't let himself get off the hook. Stephen's like, "It's not your fault you didn't come to the party. You were captured." And he said, "No, no, I was there. I could have come in. I didn't. I'm a coward." Yeah, um, do me a favor. Uh, let's get the mic back away from your face just a little bit. Uh, for once, I am too close to the mic. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, he absolutely does not let himself get taken off the hook. This is like a real. Um, growing episode for Lars. Uh, we get a couple of those in this cluster, um, but this is like the first big one. Um, we kind of saw a little bit of this progression in him whenever he begins to admit uh, that he likes baking and that he's actually really, really good at it. Um, but he also, uh, this in this one specifically, he becomes closer to Steven specifically. You know, Steven isn't just the, you know, like wide eyed, big smiled kid that always wants a donut and wants to hang out with him. He is this entity that, you know, while it, he does always have a smile on his face. He's proactive. He's proactive. He does all this stuff. He, you know, he can hang out with the cool kids because he just treats them like cool kids. Um, he uh, he does have this whole other life going on that, you know, Lars knows nothing about. Two important things, I think. One, the fact that Sadie has decided just to be her own person and grow in confidence on her own without Lars is why I like that Lars starts to become better on his own in this particular episode. I, I like it when people who are couples or together help each other up, but I also appreciate it when they fix themselves before they fix each other. I think that's important that you become a whole person before you try to become part of another person's life you, you shouldn't lose yourself you should be become the best version of yourself in the couple um yeah and then number two i like that lars being a better person does not mean he is not lars anymore he even says to steven i mean it's okay we'll, we'll be fine and steven says please don't say that that's not my lars lars i like you because you tell it to me straight you never sugarcoated and lars says yeah, this sucks pretty bad, Stephen. And Stephen laughs like, yeah, it sucks too. They had this big emotional connection as they're talking stuck inside Topaz. And then it pans up and we see Topaz just weeping and saying, oh my goodness, your honesty and communication is just so heartwarming. And who has, Topaz, who has spoken not a word in all of this, suddenly reveals herself as this beautiful, emotionally stunted fusion that can't express herself and so remains stoic. Kind of just like Lars, to be honest. Yeah, this it's it's a beautiful moment um, that we only get to experience a little bit of. Just a quick, quick second. And um, Aquamarine does say something interesting about Topaz. Because remember, this is Topaz the fusion, which is a fusion of Topaz, Topaz and, and Topaz. Topaz. Yeah. So... The fusion of Topaz tries to help him escape. Aquamarine comes in, and Topaz, the fusion, grabs the destabilizer and is going to do it, help them escape. And Aquamarine says, uh, you know, what would you do? Like, how would you get out of this? And when she drops the destabilizer, Aquamarine says, all you fusions are the same. So emotional. 
And it's again like such a weird dig right there. Like fusion is an intimate thing that only gems know how to do, and yet it seems like most gems hate this part of themselves only for utilitarian purposes and don't like that it exhibits certain weakness because it's two people having to cooperate together. I think it's it's a um oh crap. I had the word and then I've lost it. Um when you dislike something just based on what it is alone. Um, like when people don't like homosexuality or people, prejudice, prejudice, it is strictly a, pre I'm, I'm not strictly, I think it is a deep seated prejudice, a, um, systemic prejudice. Um, because I think they use it in a utilitarian, like with the rubies, the society is all utilitarian. There is, there should be nothing else. There should be no this. emotion. Basically there should be no, um, use for you should have your use and then that's it. And if you don't have a use, then you're useless. Um, it's a society of superheroes, basically, and if you're not super, then you're nothing. Yeah, <laughs> when everyone's super, then no one then is. No one is. Uh, and yeah, I think it's like a, a systemic uh, in, in introduced. And when we have these characters, and we get introduced to another uh, fusion in just a little, a uh, couple episodes, um, that we, it, and it's, it, it does kind of remind me of Garnet's early days. It's like very unsure of uh, herself and they don't really know how to work together. They haven't really discovered their power. Like with Garnet, it took her a while to really become this experience or this answer that she is. Um, and it's and I think what happens is fusion is a beautiful thing that can unlock potential. Even Jasper, who inherently hated fusion saw it as a weapon rather than a relationship. Whereas, you know, the crystal gems realize that it is a relationship. It is a give and take street. That's why Connie and Steven were able to do it. That's why Steven and, um, you know, almost everyone else. Well, no, sorry. That's why Steven and, uh, where are my other fusions, man? I want to see this. <laughs> where are my other fusions? I know we're, we're barreling towards the end and I need more. I need like, more. I don't know. I don't know if it'll happen. And we're going to have to resort to fan art at a certain point. I think after Steven, if Steven universe future does not provide all of them, I need, I need to I, go to I, Tumblr yeah, but to purge the depths. It, it's going to be tough, but uh, like, I, I need my other fusions. We've got, we've got some of the crystal gem fusions, but now I need like lapis and peridot or like, Lapis and Garnet, or something oh, just like Lapis that. and everybody. Oh, I see how it goes. Well, just using her as an example, but like Peridot and you know freaking Amethyst, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. We have we have much to see. Uh, but in the end, Aquamarine convinces Topaz to split up, and they each take Stephen and Lars in different directions, and we move on to episode two, the trial. Stephen oh. is put on trial before Blue and Yellow Diamond for Rose Quartz's assassination of pink diamond this episode is one of the best episodes in the series this yeah like but it, you only can it's only good if you've watched the rest of the episodes no yeah uh, agreed but like these first four episodes ramp 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 the entire time i'm thinking this is like my favorite season ever i am loving the energy and the things that we are coming out of this i just realized who is the the lawyer people i'll tell you in a second uh well um we meet a new kind of gem Steven is put into this big empty room that looks like the video for Drake's hotline bling where no one is talking to him. And then suddenly, yeah, I know, it looks just like that. And a uh, a gem pops in. Steven's just like, hit me, just give me your best shot, I can take it, that's what I'm here for. And a gem comes in, this one is a zircon. 
as in cubic zirconium. Oh. And a zircon is a kind of gem. Cubic zirconium is a kind of yeah, element. So di diamond zirconium. Yeah, like a fake diamond is a cubic it, zirconium. Yeah. A zirconium uh, is more of a, uh, you know, square, to be very blunt about it, a by-the-rules sort of fellow. <laughs> so we have these two zircon at attorneys battling each other. Uh, it like It's a very biting indictment of America's legal system where it's like these public defenders have maybe seconds to prepare your trial before you go out there. And they, they should be able to have all the time in the world. I can't imagine there's that much crime on Homeworld that they don't have enough time to prepare. But uh, he's like, oh, you're Pink Diamond. Okay, well, I got to go through this. Don't admit that you did this, okay? Do not say that you're guilty in court. And then they get immediately sent to the trial where he is brought up before Yellow Diamond and Blue Diamond in all their giant woman glory. Uh, and uh, Zircon, Zircon is uh, voiced by Amy Sedaris. Uh-huh, as in... Uh, uh, the writer Sedaris's wife, correct? Sister. Sister, excellent. But Amy Sedaris is an actress in her own right. She did um, a, a lot of different shows. Uh, she was on um, uh, BoJack Horseman. Uh, she was one of the main characters from it. Uh, Strangers with Candy is one of the, the she that was what like her show for the longest time. Oh, okay, excellent. Um, she was also on Elf. She was the um, the what call it? So the what? uh receptionist oh that's sweet <laughs> yeah she's uh she was also um what's her face is like good friend or like frenemy friend rival um uh from uh, unbreakable kimmy schmidt yes yeah especially in the last season we got to see her a lot more yes okay now i can put a face to the voice excellent yeah uh so steven goes up on trial and Literally, this seems like an open and shut case. We have been hammered in since we found out. No one talks about it, but we found out. And we have been drilled and reinforced that Rose Quartz shattered Pink Diamond. That is exactly what has happened. And I cannot believe it took me till season five to, for one second, stop and question and say, but, like, what if she didn't? But, like, why are we believing them? Why in the world do we believe a narrative that Homeworld has suggested when everything we know about Rose Quartz is that she was loving, supportive, sympathetic, and would not do this? Why in the world was it so easy for us to say, oh, she must be dark and deep and have a terrible secret? <laughs> you don't really know me. Yeah, uh, like, exactly. So it, it is revealed in this trial, which is is built up in a very cool way. It's like, you know, all this is, the, like, uh, Yellow Diamond's like, oh, it's guilty or she's guilty. Uh, let's just, you know, let's just shatter her and then be done with it. And Blue Diamond's like, no, I want her to say it. And um, the, the big thing is, like, he has to pretend, pretend that, that he knows. He's like, yeah, I was there. In at the palanquin, and I, uh, and I, you know, she, I told her to come out, and I, I fought her, and I guess I had to use the breaking point, and I shattered her. Yeah, and that was the weird thing, is because she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It, it was, was a, a sword. sword, and if you remember the Bismuth episode, she specifically says that the sword is great for poofing. Doesn't not, shatter. Does it does not shatter. Does not shatter. That's why she created the breaking point to begin with. And how crazy that we didn't think of that ourselves. That wait a minute, Rose's sword couldn't shatter gems, and she rejected Bismuth's offer of the breaking point. How did she do it? And as the trial goes on, and Stephen realizes he can't 
pretend to know what happened and the diamonds call for a short recess, his lawyer so he starts thinking about this whole thing and She's in a in a great bit of acting. Oh, sorry. Uh, we a, we lost video for a second. Hopefully we'll get it back. I think we I think we do. Uh, so Steven's lawyer starts in a great bit of acting, so excited about understanding the mystery and poking holes yeah, like, in the story how, of what how, happened how, how that he she... forgets uh, that Zircon forgets themselves and they just start casting accusing fingers at the freaking diamonds like listen rose quartz was an enemy of the state all of the rose she was a she was a soldier why was she able to get to that close to a diamond and how did pink diamond come out and where were all of her attendants yeah and where was her pearl yeah would have anything so many things could have happened. There were so many questions that no one bothered to ask. Yeah, so the Zircon basically lays all this out and like looks up at all of them. And Yellow Diamond is just furious and just instantly poofs right on the spot. Then poofs the other lawyer just for good measure. And is just like, I, I will not hear any more of this hearsay. Uh, Blue Diamond's trying to be like, listen, like, calm down. This is a trial. We can't be uncivilized like this. And of course, <laughs> Stephen and Lars just like say, Peace. Deuces. And uh, seal Blue Diamond's palanquin and just jettison their way out of the window. And it's it's such a, like, it builds and it builds and it builds. And it's like when uh, Zircon just, like, points, it's like, it was one of, it, it only could have been one of you two. It's a natural conclusion. It's like, oh, holy shit. What a, what a great lawyer move to, to accuse the, basically like, the queens of this world. And then be like, uh... I mean, uh, you want me? You want to? You want me to tell you what happened? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. That's it all. Trials of, out of order. It was one of those moments, and it's like, oh, holy shit! And there's, um, I, I want to bring this up in maybe a second, but there's still questions that ha there is still someone that has not been mentioned, or has only been mentioned in passing that is possible a subject, but has not been talked about. Period. As we fall out of the window in Homeworld, and Yellow Diamond says, you can't hide, Rose. You're in my world now. We see the landscape of Homeworld, and rising above it all, a building in the silhouette of White Diamond. Where is White Diamond? Every time we see this, we see it's a diamond shape, which has four sides, but it's in a uh, shape of four diamonds. Pink, yellow, blue, and white. And Centipedal has always... told us that white was one of the commanding officers of the Centipedals. And White is always kind of the highest one, too. So where's White Diamond? Yeah, if we talk about it like in a prism of light and the gems are being of light, White would be the highest rank because it's all the all colors. colors. Yeah. It's your Gandalf the White scenario. Yeah. Is what it is. <laughs> so where is Gandalf the White Diamond? Tell me now because... You shall not reform! Looking into stuff about this, because now that it's in new episodes, I'm going into fan theories and looking at stuff. Uh, when this first came out, Rebecca Sugar said that season five is going to be a murder mystery, that we are going to unravel the plot of what happened to Pink Diamond. So it appears that questions will be answered. Where? Not in this cluster. Hashtag where is White Diamond? Where is White Diamond? But I, I have a theory that I'm pretty sure I know the answer to. And I don't, I cannot tell you because it's going to ruin everything. Oh, so no. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything else. But uh, Aaron's my, my been teasing this theory that he won't tell me. My question is, where is White Diamond? Mm -hmm. That's my big question. Why so. wasn't she there for this? The, the soldier who shattered a diamond, why was she not there for this trial? Like, yeah. where, what's she doing? What, what, like, why is the diamond so involved in this? 
but their possible leader or their possible other diamond is not involved at all. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, but they fall out the window, and that takes us to Off Colors. Just so, just so everyone's aware that when this was released, these first four episodes are four parts of one giant story arc, which is why they feed into each other so seamlessly. We get to Off Colors. After escaping from the diamonds, Stephen and Lars encounter and befriend the Off Colors, a group of defective gems who live in hiding from gem society. Of course, beautiful, pure, summer child Stephen would find the only friendly gems on all of Homeworld immediately. Uh, of course. Of course he would. And I love them. I think they're, I love them. I can't wait. Can not wait for them to meet the crystal gems because they are so perfect. Like you have the the um not centipede um the caterpillar esque multiple oh, this amalgamation of six different gems just living in harmony in this giant slow talking worm. <laughs> I I I mm, she mm, she's so. Grandmotherly. Mm. She's so wise. We meet so many gems. We meet this Siamese twin gem. Yeah, first time we've ever seen it. Yeah, and again, like we talk about all these gems, and we get even further that gem society is completely utilitarian. We have this split gem who fractured when she was being created, and so that's why she has two heads, two torsos, four arms, but one pair of legs. And they kind of like share dialogue in a really cool way. I really, I really dig their dialogue through most of this. We have this giant amalgamation, this giant fusion of six different gems. Uh, just this old uh, <laughs> lesbian grandma just living in harmony. We're just waiting for a seventh to complete that number. She's like, I think I'm six, but there's always room for more. <laughs> we meet uh, pretty much an opposite sapphire one who can only see what's already happened it, which is adorable and i love how she like always saddles up to lars no matter what like i think she's already got a crush on him so bad <laughs> um it reminds i mean even the name is kind of a ref in a way a reference but it kind of reminds me of the show or the the bit the um series show whatever you want to call it um from kablam the offbeats Oh, okay. Where everyone ha was like a little bit off kilter, a little bit off the beaten path kind of thing. Um, and uh, where all of them are, all of these off colors are not normal. Well, not of like the utilitarian use gems. So whereas the crystal gems are renegades, rebels, you know, fighters. These are more of the hiders, the um, run and flee kind of uh, people. But they, they care about each other. Oh, yeah, it's this beautiful little society that they've built together. And uh, I really dig the idea that, again, this just reinforces all that stuff about Homeworld and what's wrong with it. Uh, so they all, uh, so they find Stephen and Lars, bring them down, and uh, a roving eye finds them. But the good news is that it scans for gems, and Lars doesn't have a gem. They find this out, and then there are these tense moments of them all trying to hide inside the rock, and the roving eyes going closer and closer. And Lars just, like, mans up. And he goes forward and stands in front of them so they can't be scanned. Like, and why does that even work? But it does. It's so cool that it does. Like, Well, why did Syndrome Scanner not pick up Mr. Incredible behind a dead bones of a dead super? You mean, you tell me, technology, right? Yeah. And I think, too, <laughs> maybe it's looking for the light or the the, the gemstones. So it's not looking for organic material. But it why is it not looking through organic material? But it's still, it's a neat 
thing that he is able that's kind of his power is yeah. that he can sh- uh it's, yeah it's basically a power and he jumps on it and like beats it up and bashes it and he says like he knows he's scared and he is scared and he's like i have to do something i have to be like steven he needs help i can help him let me help you a running thing is is like i'm i'm steven you don't understand i'm afraid and steven goes yeah i am afraid too i'm afraid all the time and when i'm not afraid that's when i'm the most afraid because that's when i know things are going to go really really bad and 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 like lars just kind of is taken aback that this kid this kid who is at least five years his junior is much more mature and able to deal with much heavier situations than him is able to do all of this and and this is the episode where lars really comes into his own he he does he steps up he's like you know what these people these gems have taken us in and have protected us you know he was kind of complaining before they went where are we gonna eat where are we gonna sleep you know that kind of thing and steven's just like we've got to keep running we gotta keep we gotta keep going we've got to keep moving on your idea of relentlessly cheerful characters being more mature than they let on if i may speak uh of tangled the animated series for (laughs) just a moment as i often do there is an episode where there are these terrible nightmares affecting all the people of Corona, and Rapunzel just does not seem to be bothered by it. Is smiling and happy all the time, uh, and eventually one of the characters is like, "Listen, Rapunzel, like I know I'm not like you. I get scared. I get terrified. I can't be as optimistic as you are and uh, as unaffected." And she's like, "Listen, I am terrified. I am scared so bad, but I know." that I need to be strong and that I have my friends with me and I accept my scared, I accept my my fear and I use it. And that's why I that's why I remain upbeat because I know I can't let it beat me. It's like the um the classic saying, um, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the actions um while in the face of fear. Mm-hmm. Um and that's always been a, a great saying because and that's why these shows like Tangled and Steven Universe and um, Kipo and uh, uh, freaking um, She-Ra. It's not about not being afraid. It's about being terrified out of your goddamn gourd, but still doing what you need to do. You've still got to make these choices and you've still got to keep moving forward. And it's tough. It's going to be tough. And yeah, you're going to have to deal with the consequences later, but you've got to keep moving. And we forget, you know, this episode, uh, a lot of episodes in this one, we saw Steven carrying like 20 boulders and we're like, wait, how freaking strong has Steven gotten during this whole time? And we forget that Lars is just a human. So he attacks these three roving eyes, giant explosion. He hits a wall super hard and falls down. He's and he dies. He's dead. Like, I want to go. How, like, yeah, he dies. That, that's like the almost pretty much the end of the episode. But like, I want to go back for a second. Um, Steven is super strong, yo. Like, gems are trying to push this boulder and, and they he comes aren't. over and just and he's shoop. like he's like oh here let me help and like almost like one arms it but he does and he, he, it takes both arms but it's like oh here let me help and like they like wow you're super strong and like oh this isn't how it's supposed to work like his training is coming into play like no like, i think it's training aaron is insistent that it's a gem powers something else is at play here i don't know what it is like i, I it, it can't be yet another gem power because he's got a thousand of them he's op <laughs> 
But like, there's something else at play there. Why? Because I don't think other gems are as strong as him. Like, I, I, Garnet is incredibly strong, and um, she can jump incredibly high. Steven can jump but float. I don't know if he's as strong as Garnet, but, like, mm-hmm. I think he could be. Well, you and see, it might fusions, be his training. Fusions become stronger and stronger and stronger the more So is he fuse. technically a fusion, then? We've had this argument before. Could he be? See, th- that might be okay. A, a, that I'm might be th- another that might be another reason why he might be. Like I could throw a theory; it's completely uh, wackadoo against the wall. Uh, <laughs> Let's see what sticks. Yeah, see what sticks. Uh, what if it's rose quartz and pink diamond? Like I don't even know, man. Like it doesn't make sense because he's Greg's kid. Obviously, he's Greg's kid. So, yeah. like again, I don't think Steven's a fusion. But he has powers like a fusion, and I don't know if she's trying to keep us on our toes with that. Like, maybe he is. I don't know. I don't we, know. The gems went through this. They thought he was. Yeah, they thought he was a fusion. But he was maybe also he a child. Is. Maybe, I don't know. He is a fusion between a gem and a human. Mm-hmm. So Which is we, what we call babies. <laughs> no, that's, babies a, that's, can't a fusion between, that's a fusion between hu- two humans when a mommy and a daddy love each other. Okay, very well, much. here's the thing, Aaron. Steven and Connie are a gem and a human fusing, but they don't make a baby when they fuse. They just become Stevani, and Connie ceases to exist. And they are the first time that a human and a gem can actually fuse, but I think that is because he is part human. Exactly. So That's many so questions. Weird. Like, yeah, there are so many questions here, and we are we are barely scratching the surface at all the questions. So back to Lars fucking died. Lars dies, yeah. and you know shows continually try to pull it on me. Last time I got really like, oh, a character actually died. I will. I'm sorry. It was in the Tangled animated series. Like they they convinced me. Like yeah, they're dead, super dead, and it was sad. This one was sad, too, because Lars had finally gotten, like, character growth that felt natural and not like, oh, we're just going to redeem this one-note character. And he dies protecting these ladies, these weird ladies. And Steven just, like, puts his ear to his chest, like, there is nothing there. And then, much like Rapunzel, he cries one magic tear. (laughs) And Lars's body starts glowing. And he turns pink, and the beautiful reverse sapphire says, something amazing is going to happen to Lars. And then we cut to Lars' head. After Stephen brings Lars back to life with his healing powers, he discovers that Lars now shares the same powers as Lion. We must must discuss. This was like, I remember when you're like, I remember when you specifically said, Aaron, he's pink. And I like, it took way too long for me to go, yeah, okay, and, and you're like, he's pink, Aaron, like lion, <laughs> like lion. Don't I'm hit like... the microphone in your actions, Aaron. <laughs> you're so excited, but yeah, like he's pink. And when we went back to see Rose in the desert, Rose's lions were not pink. Nope. But lion is pink. Lion is pink. And when you touch Lars's hair, you know what happens? You go into it like you lion's go into name. you go into an alternate dimension, another tree, and if you look over to the left. Why, there's Lion's Tree right over there. Blew my freaking mind. I did not know they were going to pull, like, a twister Rooney on me out of that. Because I'd, I'd oh given up God. knowing what happened to Lion. I'm like, we'll never know. It's just interesting and I cool. I was so convinced. I'm like, this is, this, Rose Quartz is Lion somehow. Like, she, <laughs> she split into Steven and Lion. I'm like, this, is, this some- is, like... You get a little Kubo in the two strings on me, I think, <laughs> but... Uh, no, no, like, like... <laughs> 
because this this is Stephen is completely unprecedented. He, he this he is an experience, um, as it is with Stevani. This is completely brand new, and I thought maybe what happened was is one of her lions happened to be in the room, or her most trusted lion happened to be in the room when whatever happened happened, and he. And became, like residual gem energy just and flowed like out. Part of Rose Quartz went because he has none of her memories. He has some of her powers, but they're very loosely tied to the same kind of emotions. Like he has to lick things and he can cry mm-hmm. now to bring people back to, to, to life. But like he has some of the same powers, but they're, they're tied in different ways. He is his mom. But he's not at the same time. So I'm like, maybe it got split and, and half of it went onto Lion. But now it's no. Lion nope. died and Rose Quartz brought Lion back to life. 100% confirmed. You know, theory confirmed. Well, which here's the, I don't, I did not theorize that. Here's another theory Is Lars a zombie? And is Lion a zombie? I don't think they're a zombie, but they're not. They're not of the limb living either. I think lion. He's got a heartbeat. It just very slow. Yeah, like because lion eats, but I think he eats more for the sport of it than he does for actually eating. Poor Lars. So I don't think Lars is living, but he's not a zombie either. He's kind of a completely different. The gems Entity. aren't zombie and they don't have to eat. We don't say, oh, they're the undead. Zombie. Zombie. He's also zombie is a racial term, a uh, racist term, apparently. I that is one hundred percent a reference to a very obscure webtoon. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a real actual no, thing and you were gonna like no, tell me not to use sorry. it anymore. No. Uh there are two webtoons, uh one called Undead Ed and Apocalyptic Horseplay. I just like like blazed through apocalyptic horseplay recently and it was so freaking good i we, we don't have a sponsor dome on here go read apocalyptic horseplay it just like in the last month or two finished and it's been going on since like 2015 it's so good i have not read undead and undead ed i might go back and actually read that but i highly recommend apocalyptic horseplay webtoons in general but <laughs> apocalyptic horseplay uh, so Stephen figures out this power, and there's nothing under his tree. I wonder if one day he'll put things inside Lars's head to be under his tree that he uh, hangs on to. But you, L- Lion can't access his own mane, but it might be because it's a paw. I wonder if well, they tried with no, Lars. Lars yeah. can't, but I don't so know if they, this is someone else going into it first. So Stephen goes through Lars's head, sees Lion's tree off in the distance, walks over, and you just see him fall out of Lion's mane in on Earth. Like, nothing happened at all. And, of course, no one's there at home. Of course. And he's like, well, I really want to stay and see everyone, but I, I better get back to Lars. So he quickly, like, eats all the food in the house and then packs some more to bring back to Lars, who isn't that hungry anymore. Again, yeah. like, just, what's, oh, poor Lars. Uh, brings some back, and he's like, listen to all of these gems. Listen, Earth's a place where you are allowed to experience and be yourself. No one's going to make you feel bad because you're different or differently abled. Like, you can live a life there. And they're like, Earth, we heard that it got destroyed. So there's a... More um, propaganda from the diamonds. Yeah, some very, like, World War II, South Korea... Or, sorry, North Korea. Excuse me, my bad. North Korea-esque 
propaganda going on. Yeah, a, a real a communication uh, trademark embargo. Like, no, nah, it's it's gone, right? No way it exists. And like, it's still there. And he's ready to take them all through. And then he realizes, as we realize, Lars can't come through. And they try to pull his hand through, and he can't. You can't pull Lars inside it, out. Yeah, you can't go into your own portal. That would actually like probably rip the fabric of space and time. It's apart. like putting a bag of holding inside a bag of holding. Just the whole universe implodes, and. <laughs> They're like, well, what are we, what are we gonna do? And Lars, like, is the first to figure out. He's like, Stephen, I can't go back right now. And the other gems were like, we're gonna stay here and keep him safe. Like, we are all in this together. We will find another way to Earth. You need to go back because the gems are looking for you specifically. You need to get out of here. But the rest of us, we're gonna stay. And it's actually like there's this beautiful little moment where uh, Stephen goes to like give him a handshake because Lars doesn't hug. Yeah. And then Lars just wraps him up in just the biggest hug and then kneels down like a freaking knight with his head lowered so Stephen can just walk through his hair to get back home. And it's so poignant and it only furthers my resolve that Ronaldo is the freaking worst. <laughs> oh, Unless man. they're planning something for Ronaldo, Lars has been redeemed and he did it. Not for any, like, he did it for himself. He did it for the right reasons and not because a girl was watching and not because he wanted to be cool. He, he's something else now entirely. And uh, from looking ahead at uh, future uh, titles, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what they are going to do with Lars because we don't see him in the first, rest of this cluster. Yeah, in the very first episode of our next cluster, we actually get to see what happens to him. So. Oh, good. I've been worried about him because, like, that's the thing that's been carrying me through the rest of these six episodes. Like, is anyone, is anyone going to go check on Lars? And then find you find out line's been missing, and that is why we've not gone and checked on Lars. Yeah, but it feels which, like Rebecca Sugar wrote that in on purpose. Like, we got to put Lars off to the side for a minute. No, like, we have to breathe. <laughs> Let's breathe for a minute, which brings us to... My least favorite episode of this cluster. Dewey wins. Yeah, this one. This one's a little. It, it's it's on the nose and I don't appreciate on the nose metaphors in my complex children's stories. Connie becomes upset with Stephen following his return from Homeworld and refuses to talk to him. Feeling dejected, he decides to help Bill Dewey with his rather hopeless reelection campaign for mayor against Nana Fua Pizza. Nana Fua for mayor. Nana Fua for life. Nana, she is my Nana mayor. Fua, yeah. She is. What a great, like, spunky, awesome woman to lead this town. Absolutely. 100% Nana Fua all the way. 2020 Nana Fua. Uh, <laughs> Nana Fua 2020. Nana Fua 2020. Because who's a better candidate? No. Um, the, uh, I, I'm not sure what you mean by on the nose metaphor, and I'm sure we'll get into it in just a second. Um, but it, it, was a, it was a nice breather. Um, but it was weird because like it was still kind of hectic because um, you even see at one point neither Amir, Dewey or Steven sleep. And it's like, um, but yeah, like Steven comes back. He's like, hey, guys, I'm back. And like Connie just leaps and leaps. like she leaves online and uh, he's like, hey, you know, can't wait to I know you have to leave right now, but I, I can't wait to tell you all about Homeworld. It was really weird and i met some really cool gems and and she's like yeah that's uh that's cool steven i'm gonna go now like like ice cold like is everything okay no nothing is okay we said we would do this stuff together and you went off and did this on your own 
and he like he tries to explain himself, he, but he, he daggers doesn't. it in. He says, "I, I had to, Connie. Like I was the only person who could make this decision, and I did what the right thing to do was. And if you looked at it, you would see that, implying that he's the only one who has any control over these situations. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. So." Connie is obviously happy that Steven is back. And for a moment, you think it's just that she was so worried that she's now resentful. But it's not that at all. It's the fact that she and Steven have been training together to take any actions that they needed to defeat anything that came their way. And when push comes to shove, he abandoned all of that. He took it upon himself to face this alone instead of something that they had both agreed they would do together. Her emotions are valid yep and when she leaves it's like he still doesn't get it what i don't appreciate about this episode i love that part i love that it makes you realize that hey there's more to this than just it, it's so much better than just the hero story i had to leave and it was for the greater good and if you took a moment you would see i did yeah. the right thing uh, i did it to protect everyone yeah hey hey uh so the problem with me is that the episode then becomes about helping Mayor Dewey win his campaign. And it's just so on the nose, the lesson that Stephen is trying to learn ham-fistedly through the re-election campaign of Mayor Dewey. Like, it should be much more obvious in a much more subtle way. And I know those are two conflicting ideas, <laughs> but the fact that he's like, I'll help you, Mayor Dewey, yeah, and we'll work all night, and, you know, it's up to me to make this better. I'll fix this for you. It was completely my fault. And just taking all the responsibility onto himself without admitting for a second that Mayor Dewey's rather an ineffectual politician who really just likes the power and the pomp of it all. It, it's even worse that he's going up against Nana Fua, who apparently has a lot of great ideas and platforms and hopes and dreams for leading this town and clearly should be mayor over Mayor Dewey. And Steven's just overcompensating as hard as he can, trying to help someone who he really shouldn't be bothering with, honestly. The man should fight his own battles. Yeah, and we can appreciate Steven trying to help, you know, anyone and everyone. Of course. I'm just glad they didn't take it in the direction of like, oh, you don't understand, it's my fault. Yeah, you're right. It is your fault. Hey, everyone, blame him instead. You know, mm -hmm. they didn't. They didn't go that route. So well, I'm he did. He said, like, yeah, Stephen, this is your fault. So it's up to you to help me win my campaign. Yeah, but <laughs> not in like the sense of like you must. It's more like oh, well, I'll you know I'll accept your help kind of thing. Um, and they didn't like you know like hey guys, let's throw the crystal gems out of Beach City kind of thing either, which easily could have gone. They could have gone down that route, mm -hmm. and they they realized the very easy trap and were like, <laughs> no. So yeah. Mayor Dewey digs his own holes. He like, who's missing? Oh, donut boy. Okay. I'll just hire a new donut boy as this, as if Lars is a replaceable cog in the machine with his parents standing right there. The man should not be a leadership position. Yeah, that was, that was rough. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a bit of ham, a, a bit of a ham fisted episode. Um, I, yeah, I wish they had done it a little bit better, but it was a nice kind of break for uh, a bit. Um, we had to see the ocean, you know, it's, as always, it's fun for a uh, beach city. Uh, uh, you know, even Stephen has those little cards about just making fun of ocean town. <laughs> you know about ocean town. It's just nice to see the beach city denizens like hanging out, uh, trying to go, uh, telling Sadie what happened that Lars is okay. He's just. Stuck on another planet, but but he's fine. But he was dead. But he's alive now. It's it's okay. And Sadie just working herself to death at the donut, at the big donut. And like, she's like, "Have you told his parents yet?" Well, you're kind of the dry run for that. 
I'll get, I'll get to them when I can. Uh, so it wasn't my favorite episode of the cluster, not at all. Uh, but you're, I think you're right. We're supposed to slow down. I'm used to episodes just build, build, build. After four in a row, I was like, yes, keep it going, keep us on Homeworld forever. Let's figure this out. It's like, no, we gotta, gotta go back to Earth, I suppose, for just a minute. Um, but honestly, the whole thing is just like delaying of the inevitable because Connie still has not called Steven back. And I do like that they ended the episode without her calling Zach. Yeah. That it's it's extending this. So. The next four episodes without calling him back. Because then we get to perhaps the most relatable episode of this entire series, Gemcation. As wow. Steven remains depressed over Connie's silence, Greg and the Gems misinterpret his sadness and take him to a ranch house for a vacation to cheer him up. The vacation just puts Steven more on edge until he eventually tells Greg what it is he's upset about. Why Why would you say this is the most relatable one? This is the most uniquely modern episode in Steven Universe because it plays into all of our very, very real fears. Those of us who grew up with phones, if you text or call someone, they can call or text you back immediately. And if they don't, it must mean that they are purposely ignoring you. Purposely, it couldn't be just that they're living their own lives and they'll get to it when they get to it. Like when you had a house phone, when you'd come back and check your message, you'd be like, oh, I'll call them tomorrow. No, we expect immediate response. And Instant if we, gratification. And if you don't, suddenly, what did you do wrong? What did the other person do wrong? Are they lying dead in a ditch somewhere? And if it's, it's your significant other, they're cheating on you. Ha, you and I have been on many vacations where we wanted to be together and couldn't because we were 12. I exaggerate for comedic effect. And we would both just be on our phones the entire time. We're, we're just, our parents just want us to have fun and enjoy the freaking vacation. You'll be back home in three days, but the entire time you're just looking at your phone like, are they calling me? Or are they like, texting me? <laughs> or in, in, in an actual real case, we would um, go to bed and spend hours, literal hours, writing emails to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, what's such poetry too we crafted? Too Start. Two twixt, uh, two torn, and torn and twixt in Texas and Tennessee, which I believe was the email chain. <laughs> we were everything was everything when Ever. we were sixteen. Our love was everything, and nothing could keep us apart. And it was so important. Oh, we were older than sixteen at and that we, point. We had to talk to each other every single day, or our love was meaningless. <laughs> I like I'm not I dear, I, dear listeners not viewers because the viewers can see what I'm doing right now I'm hands giving on Elizabeth, hip shaking my I'm, head I'm giving Elizabeth a look I don't regret it I know what we were like and I don't regret young love because it's like the most intense experience you're ever gonna get and there are times there are times like I wish like oh that'd be cool and then I'm like it got really exhausting after a while it's nice to just know I'll see you later it's okay if you don't text me every hour at work. I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh, hang on. Let me put my hand back on my hip. Now, I love to hear from Aaron all the time. I love to talk to him. But I've gotten that where he will come home and be like, you didn't text me back. And you said, all you texted me was having lunch. Love you. Like, what did you want me to text back to that? I love you back. Clearly, you yes. Know, clearly, yes. You know. So... Greg gets this Airbnb out in the country where <laughs> you can't take your shoes in. No animals, please. Um, Pearl takes that to just throw all the shoes away. Oh, yeah, that was a that was a great little bit. And like, Boom. there's a like, snake inside the house. They've got a hot tub, or not even a hot tub, but they're like they've got 
cable and they've got AC or they've got windows, like four of them, and they've got. We can open them up, get some good breezes in here, and then Pearl just starts reading the terms of engagement on the, <laughs> the, the contract. You can't open the windows. You can't, the cable's out. Hot tubs drained, like like yeah. all these different things about this this Airbnb. This and there's a snake in there. Which... Oh yeah, it, it's like I've read some Airbnb uh, uh, just horror stories, and it's like that's happened to people. Like there's been times when people have gone in and no one's cleaned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like or when the owner of the Airbnb comes back and. The person has squatters rights inside their home and won't leave yeah. uh, or they're shooting porn in there we oh. have used airbnb i think half a dozen times and we have never once had a bad experience so we'll see how long we can keep that streak going mm -hmm. that being said there was a time and a place that i thought it would be fun to run out our spare room make a little bit of extra cash and then i then you were very rightfully like you just said elizabeth never yeah elizabeth never. you said that and then i and then you made me think and after that, Never. I realized I don't want to take care of a person and clean up their unmentionables afterwards. I I'm have I have friends I will die for. I don't want them living with me as you want to have roommates. I think it'd be fun. It's probably just my uterus saying, why don't we have kids yet? So I'm trying to fill it with friends. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure you guys are glad to hear about that, too. Uh, but yes, this is a very... Uh, th this is... This teeters. It, does, it never falls into that valley but it teeters on that line of um sitcom it, it gets it can close feel that way just i think you're right i think the cell phone plot is the thing that gives it that eventually at the end when they're driving for bars like that was such a sitcom way to go yeah however not a sitcom because he gets to bars and she still hasn't called that's more of a modern sitcom thing so but i it's i i never felt like it was like you know it was gonna have like the full house like zinger at the end you know like well that's uncle joey no it just ends with them all looking at the stars and Stephen finally looking up from his phone and just breathing yeah that's what sets air. it apart from other bad shows full I, house yeah full house is a terrible show at me at me right now I, Full House is terrible. Fuller House is worse. Bring it. I don't know if it's worse. I never watched Full House, Fuller House. I really like this episode because in addition to that, there's also a mirroring of the audience with the gems. Steven's just come back from space. There's probably, the gems think there must be so much he wants to talk about. There yeah. must be so much we have to explain to him. Pearl, Pearl was like, like they barreling, try everyone like, please they like, try amethyst they try garnet and greg says please someone has to go talk to him about gem stuff i don't know this stuff you have to talk to him and pearl is the only one who hasn't tried and she gets out there starts Jeez. crying and expressing like what we had to do and she says pink diamond pink diamond and then steven's and like it's not about that and like we're like no! god damn it steven let her answer steven we need to know the audience is grasping just waiting for more gem knowledge and steven's like no nah, i'm just worried about my friend connie that's like saying like you're you want to know about your parents don't you your parents were just junkers that left you on this planet for for spare parts or open for up the mystery like, box and say and like, it's, it's trash it's trash it's trash it's trash <laughs> Hey, look, it's, it's trash. trash. No one's going to get that. Yes, they will. There'll be beautiful people out there who will absolutely get our esoteric references. And if you do, uh, uh, write in so the comments if below. You got, we're not going to even, we're not no. even going to mention it. If you got what that reference was, 
Throw in what show. It's yeah. a TV show. We'll give you that. Yeah. It's a TV show. Throw, throw in, in con- what TV show it Throw was. in the GIF if you can find it. Oh, even better. <laughs> Uh, and if you find the GIF and you don't know what it is, go watch that show. It's awesome. I'm uh, about ready to uh, stream it again or uh, binge it again. Yeah, let's do it again. It's only six episodes. Yeah. Uh, so hints. So Greg just like is like, oh thank goodness. I can deal with this. Oh, I got this. Let me go outside and talk to this Stephen Shade Barrel and tell him about life and love and just the beautiful, just beautiful simplicity of the humanity of Greg and the fact that in the end, Steven's not really worried about the fact that his mom probably wasn't a war criminal and there's a huge conspiracy on Homeworld. It's just that his friend won't call him back. All right, we've got three more episodes to go and they are doozies. We got to keep moving. We got four more. I know. No. Yeah. We're on to episode seven, seven, Raising the Barn. When Lapis and Peridot learn what happened to yeah, Steven on Homeworld, Lapis wants to flee Earth to avoid getting caught up in another gem war. However, Peridot wants to stay on Earth to protect it and has a hard time trying to tell Lapis how she feels. This episode hit me hard. Is, it, is Lapis going to Han Solo, Aaron? Thoughts? I think she is. Um, I, I don't know how because we've already had this. Um, so spoiler alert. Lapis leaves at the end of the episode. Leaves Earth, is gone, takes the barn with her. She and yeah, she not only leaves, she takes the entire barn with her. Like, cause she was trying to do it with Peridot and Pumpkin. And when Peridot nor Pumpkin wanted to go, Lapis is like, I can't be a part of another war. She will not. That is the one thing she will not do. She's had no say in anything. She does have a say in this. And poor Peridot, who is giving up her entire happiness because she knows how Lapis feels, saying, it's what Lapis wants. I have to do what she wants, even though I don't want to do it. And how utterly relatable is that in a relationship? To just say, I know my partner's triggers. I don't want to make them upset. It's better to not say anything and just go along with it. This uh, this is it. God, this hits home. It's, it's like so sad. It like Peridot sacrificing everything for for Lapis, and then like finally when she stands up, Lapis still going. I have to go. I'm still I going. I can't be here. You, yeah. She even shouts out after Lapis. You're supposed to reward me for my emotional honesty. <laughs> <sighs> this episode. Lapis hurts Peridot so much. I'm glad they have a good relationship at the barn, but just thinking about when they first met and Peridot did all these things to try and make Lapis happy and Lapis just crushes her entirely. Happening again here. Doing everything, but then realizing listen, if a fight's coming, I want to protect what we've made here. I don't want to leave our crops. I don't want to leave Steven and the gems. They're worth fighting for. This world is worth fighting for, and Lapis not being a coward necessarily. No, she knows it's not. Her she is what's worth fighting for, and she is not willing to put her safety or freedom or life on the line again. <sighs> this hurts so much. And in, I'm looking at a review saying that this is a filler. I wouldn't Oof. call this as a filler, man. No. This is, this is plot-driven. This is so important. It's definitely not, like, homeworld-based, but it shows the actual practical application that the barn Ramifications gems... Ramifications of it. The barn gems have always felt a little bit different than the crystal gems. The fact that they live out in the country, not with them, not going on missions with them, means that they don't owe Earth anything. They haven't sworn... A fealty that even when Lapis came back, they never had a fun hug and said, you're one of the Crystal Gems, whether you like it or not. But with Peridot, they did at the end of season two, three. 
whenever, whenever at the fi- yeah. season finale, she turns on Yellow Diamond and Gorn says, "You're a crystal gem, whether you like it or not." That moment never happened with Lapis. Can, can someone take this, please? <laughs> it's going to <laughs> blow <top>. up. <laughs> There's a remote trigger on it. Um, the yeah, and I think they're because they're they still feel guilty about keeping her imprisoned because even when Lapis made the joke about you know being in prison for thousands of years and Peridot laughed because she knew that she was making a joke, uh, poking fun at it or making light of it. The rest of them were like, (laughs) (laughs) only people, only shared uh, people of trauma are allowed to joke about these things. We'll just sit here quietly. (laughs) It's, it's not, I will say that it's a single minded episode. Like we don't have much to say beyond how much it hurts and how sad it is because it really is just them trying to leave and Peridot gathering up the courage to, tell lapis how she feels and it's sad and heartbreaking but uh that actually takes us into uh peridot's depression in back to the kindergarten with peridot upset over lapis leaving earth steven and amethyst decide to help cheer her up by attempting to plant flowers at the utterly barren kindergarten shorty squad rides again oh the shorty squad i love me the shorty squad and how beautiful that they bust into, like, Steven's been trying to do what, you know, I think a, a good friend wants to do for a depressed friend. Just make sure they have food and water and don't bother them. They're going to get over it. And Amethyst takes what I think is sometimes the better approach with depression, which is to kick the door down and drag them out kicking and screaming and say, let's go. We're doing something about this because we have to do something. Yeah, sometimes they, uh... <sighs> Sometimes you have to, you do that, but only as a friend, and you're not doing this to get them through their depression or get them over their mental health issues, because that's not what's going to get them through or over, because you don't. That doesn't happen. Um, depression is not a a vote to vanquish. It's not something to get through. It's just something to move. Not, no, that's not even the right thing to say either. It's something to How possibly... To- perhaps how to accurately deal with your sadness sadness is inevitable depression can happen but i think there's a time to grieve and a time to move on it doesn't make your depression less valid just says at a certain point we must try and fight the good fight yeah you need to it's okay to grieve it's okay to feel sad it's okay to feel it's okay to be depressed you can't wallow in it and they don't tell her to get over Lapis leaving. They don't say, hey, it's fine. She wasn't important anyway. They go in there and Peridot has just the best animated face of just a person who has like, lost just the will to do anything. Completely lost, you know, the quarantine face. And Amethyst is like, hey, um, do you want to like come to the kindergarten? I remember, you know, I met all those Amethysts up there and I really want to see where they all came out of and put a hole to a face and you can tell us everything we don't know and prove how smart you are. Uh, So they go on the train ride to enjoy the scenery and when they get there, uh, Peridot does kind of come a little bit out of her shell and they find this one flower growing in the bottom of the kindergarten and they think this has never happened. Thousands of years the kindergarten has been here. There's never been a flower. Nothing's ever grown here besides gems. Yeah. Earth has not reclaimed this area. Maybe we can fix this. And again, you don't you don't fix Peridot, but Peridot's nature to want to build and grow, which we saw with the barn and all of her crops, like, let's do it. Let's plant sunflowers. Let's make it happen. Make a whole garden here. Try to build something out of nothing. And of course, it's utterly heartbreaking when we go back to the kindergarten the next day and all the flowers are dead. Like, not even dead, decimated. It looks... Turned to ash. 
it looked like something destroyed them. And I don't think that the the kindergarten, the the ground, the soil itself did it. I think what the flower eventually ended up being, which did was a it. gem monster, yeah, unfortunately. Which Peridot, when um, Peridot goes over and in in frustration and in anger, um, stomps on the flower, which ends up being like the top of a gem monster, and um, uh, Smokey Quartz makes another appearance. Yay, Smokey! Um, we don't get to hear her quick wit because I think the actress was busy at that time. Uh, but the uh, and they deal with the monster. But Peridot just goes, of course. Of course it was it, a monster. It reminds me, um, I got rear-ended uh, uh, driving on a road, and at the time, I was working for a television station, and we were rear-ended by a quote-unquote rival television station. There was never really rivals. There were just other television stations. And I got out of the car. I'm a little steamed already. And I look, and it's one of their cars. And I'm just like, of course of course and like i just can't catch a break can i of course i'm like are you kidding me and <laughs> and when i calm down and uh t- i talk to the the driver um who was a uh, one of the you know on-site reporters uh she was like i thought you just hated the news <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that now i do think that maybe there is something in the soil of the kindergarten that just is antithetical to life at this point, at least Earth life. I, I can see that, but I also think that, that if they tried again with, since... and maybe like set up like a patrol for a little bit, I don't think that they would have that issue because I honestly think it was because of the the gym monster because it wasn't just wilting. It wasn't just like it wasn't growing. It was decimated. It was stomped on. It was destroyed. And as you accurately pointed out, uh, where is their lawn flamingo? Exactly. I think that's just a fun goof. We do have a lawn flamingo in our yard, and it brings me <laughs> joy. So so I think I don't think it's the kindergarten. I don't think it's the soil in the kindergarten. I think it was the gym monster. And then, unfortunately, it, even though they could say that, and like it wasn't the soil's fault, it was the gym monster's fault. It wouldn't have changed anything. It would have been, it was just like, okay, that's just icing on the cake. Right. And then the nice thing about it is by the end, they're all driving on back on the train. And I think there's a good message in here. It would have been so easy to just say, yeah, we brought life to a place that was barren and gem ridden. But instead, the message is that there is a whole rest of a planet out here. It's okay if we can't fix this one part because look at all of this. And I think that's a really nice way to look at the earth that it's okay if you can't fix this one thing. Because look at everything else that's still here that we can still protect, and look at everything that's doing so well. It's it's un- like an unfortunate scar. It reminds you, but it doesn't necessarily bind you. Oh, Aaron, that was lovely, so poetic. And then they have a nice little shorty squad hug, and yeah. that makes me smile. Uh, we move to episode nine, Sadie Killer. Steven and the cool kids start a band, but they have trouble finding their sound. They decide to recruit Sadie, who writes a dark song about her frustrating job at the Big Donut, but that same job keeps her from actually participating in the band. I loved this episode for no other reason than the kind of music that they created, which is probably already in existence, but I really don't know if it is, but I I want this specific type and if it 
isn't, I want it to exist. But if it is, I don't know if I'll like it as much as I liked this song. Would you call it like horror funk? Horror core. Horror core, yes. Because uh, you have like um, nerd core, which is basically rap and rap about nerd culture nerd culture but it's it has a lot of digital elements um a lot of house music elements um uh a lot of that kind of stuff but uh, even rock elements too um but you know mc lars my parents favorite music a lot of that stuff is that that's nerdcore but there's there's a lot of big names in nerd would you call a ninja sex party nerdcore No, because nerdcore typically is more rap and a little bit, uh, a lot more digital. Okay, I would call them more uh, whatever, whatever genre you would put um, Tenacious D in. Yes. Okay. Actually, good musicians that just happen to write humorous songs. Humorcore. Humorcore. <laughs> That's it. So we've got horrorcore, we've got humorcore, we've got nerdcore. Yeah, you had a great like your reaction to this was just sheer joy as I'm she like, starts ra- as she starts she singing starts about. Singing, I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, this. Um, I'm like, because I knew immediately as soon as it, like it started moving and grooving, I'm like, I'm already feeling this. I'm already, I'm already digging it. Keep it going, baby. Keep it going. Keep it going. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I loved it. It was so. I, I don't want to call it visceral, but like it hit me on a note immediately because I love like, again, I don't know if this exists because, again, nerdcore, at least the nerdcore that I've been exposed to, especially like my parents favorite music, um, they incorporate a lot of um, or some subsects of nerdcore will incorporate sounds from like video games or old school uh, television shows and stuff like that. This, um, in my mind, would incorporate clips from old school horror movies kind of like um you could even say the predecessor would be thriller because it had vincent price thriller is horror core kind of kind of you know what because it's like essentially it's a song about horror but it's not a horror song every halloween when we go to a party or have the radio on there's always one song each year that i've never heard before that I immediately snap a picture of as I hear it and send to you and say, put this on the playlist because it's oh just a God, good song. Yeah. And then I realize, oh, it's about vampires. Uh, heads will roll. I don't like the yeah, yeah, yeahs, but I love heads will roll. Um, Dragula. <laughs> I remember we did trivia uh, for a different company uh, years ago. And somehow um, I was, and it was around Halloween time. And it was getting piped in through to the bathroom, and somehow, some way, it was super loud, like like ear splittingly loud. Everything, yeah. And no one complained to me. No one said a word to me until it was already done. When I went in <laughs> to use the bathroom, and freaking Dragula uh, is playing, and I'm just like, "Fuck yeah!" And I'm I'm moshed by myself in there. I'm like, yeah, in the bathroom, yeah." so maybe that's it and the song is good and sadie even says like it can't be whiny when steven comes up and tries to sing it and he's like listen sadie we need you as a singer i am a young i am a young man and nothing i say sounds nearly as powerful as you hating your job and not even not even hating your job sadie says this wonderful thing about she's being driven 
just to exhaustion by this job. She's the only one working the donut shop. She's covering for Lars's shifts, and she's worrying about him all the time. She's got nothing left, and she wants to do this enjoyable thing with the band and has no time. And she says, but you know, even while, I'm, even while I hate it, there's something kind of comforting about something that you know. It's easier just to stay here complacent with something that I'm familiar with because everything's so unfamiliar right now. At least I have this. And it's really remarkably brave that at the end of this, she runs up to the car, pulls off of her big donut uniform and says, I quit. And it's great. The message of the show wasn't, now stick hard with your job because you need it. It's like, I'm leaving. I'm pursuing the thing I love. That's what I want to do. And that's awesome. I, um... She lives at home. It's fine. She can go do whatever she wants. She's a kid. Let her have some fun. Exactly. <laughs> and and the 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 lyrics that she comes up is like she, I'm a um I'm a corporate zombie. I'm a re, a retail zombie. It's like if you've worked retail in the last ten years, if you've worked restaurants in the last ten years, even if you have a really good boss, you know, like there's days even when you have a good job, you're just like. I don't want to go in. I'm I, done. I can't. I can't. Please don't make me. I'm this, so done. Uh, like the, just the sludge, the constant shuffle, like you were a zombie lurching around. Yep. Exactly. Lots of zombie stuff here. <laughs> it's I, like the lyrics, uh, and of course, uh, is it Katie Machucci? I always say her name wrong. Uh, but uh, again, Katie Machucci, the uh, voice actress, has a great voice, and she did a great job at it. Um, she like th- she throws on like this leather jacket and like puts on lipstick on her eyes and like eats a jelly donut and it's just like oh it's creepy and it's like the right amount of dark and I just like I fucking love it <laughs> that's Aaron's jam right there uh, uh what 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 do we describe like the Adams family and like Goosebumps uh, ma- not macabre 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 okay macabre just the right amount of dark it's like not too gory but it, it's dark it's fun. <laughs> Oh, I, I did really like this episode. And I did like Sadie finally standing up for herself and saying, you know what? I quit. <laughs> Big Donut is going to have to run on its own instead of only having one fucking person. I know. One person run this whole thing. Uh, at least she had someone to talk to. She even says that she talks to herself now because <laughs> Lars isn't there to talk to. Oh. Poor Lars. And Poor now, Sadie. And now we get to the episode the last one we're going to be discussing tonight, Kevin Party. Kevin is throwing a party and invites Stephen only so he can show up as Stevani. Stephen doesn't want to go at first, but changes his mind when Kevin reveals that Connie will be there. When they see each other, Kevin decides to help Stephen get his ex back so they confuse. <sighs> Kevin. 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 Fucking Kevin. Is Kevin the worst? No. Kevin's, Kevin. Kevin's damaged, as we find. Doesn't forgive him, doesn't excuse him, but he's so one note as to be laughable. Yeah, I think Kevin is the war- Kevin is bad, but we don't expect anything of him. And we- how in the world did we think that Kevin was going to be the one that would get this ball rolling? Oh my god! And like he actually has some good points, but he still is just awful. And like I remember, I had a pause the episode. I'm like. Oh, God, Kevin is actually giving him good advice. It's giving me the skeevies. Skeev, skeev, skeev. Ah, ah, ah. No, no, no. Yeah, rolls up on his car. He's like, I need to invite you to my party. What? What do you mean? 
And uh, Steven's putting up flyers of Lion because Lion's been missing since Lion took Connie home. And there was a moment that you and I were like worried, oh, like no. how are we gonna like, get back to another, Lars? Yeah, this is. Oh no, I wasn't even worried about that. I'm like, this is the start of another like. Yeah, that's like Connie hasn't called getting... back. It's because Connie was kidnapped. That's why. Yeah. But no, the show's very clever. It's like, no, she's she's around. She just has not called him back. She's been cool as a cucumber. Cool without as a him. cucumber. Uh. Yeah, it's, it's there's a vaguely sympathetic role happening here with Kevin. We find out that he must have had an ex to at some point, someone named Sabrina, who he perhaps tried to do the same thing with. But he rolls up in his yellow sports car and tells Steven, you know, you're coming to my party, right? You got to be Stevani. Stevani's the only kid cooler than me. And he's like, Connie and I are, I'm not going. He's like, well, I buy that other kid for nothing. Connie's coming? Oh, hold up. What? What? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come, I'll come, I'll come. Uh, and he goes to the party, and he sees Connie across the courtyard, and it goes silent and black as they see each other for the first time. And he's like, "What am I even doing here?" She cut her hair. She oh, she's, Connie. Connie went like full like I breakup haircut. Like, yeah, that's like I wouldn't even call it full breakup haircut. She's just like I have got to make a change in my life. And man, oh gosh, uh, I do have a little bit of trivia about this particular episode. Um. The all the cool teens that we see hanging out at this party, um, two of them, the ones who just sit by the pool the entire time leaning on the steps, are the former Steven Universe writers Ben Levin and Matt Burnett. So <laughs> it's just these two writers to be like, yeah, there's yeah. several, there's several members of the um, uh, crew universe as they're called mm-hmm. uh, in this episode, <laughs> and uh. He comes to the party. He sees Connie. He's like, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea how to talk to her. And Kevin's like, oh, I got this. You got to show her that you're living your best life, too. Look at her. She's having friends. And, of course, Lion's just there at the party. That's where Lion's been this whole time. Because he got mad at Steven, too. He just he pieced off with Connie. He's just living at her house for a while. Uh, but Kevin's like, I'll help you. I'm going to give you some advice on how to win yeah. your ex back. Because he thinks that Connie is, like, again, the show's being a very good, like, romantic not i'm inclined to believe that it is a romantic relationship but i also know that it's defined by their friendship first and foremost that they are good friends that they get along well and that's the important thing as kevin finds out he's like wait you just you wait she's not your ex she's your friend how do you how do you be nice to your friends i don't know how to do that (laughs) like i don't kevin doesn't have any friends yeah um oh gosh there was a really painful joke like, I appreciate Steven Universe, like, trying to give shout-outs to other shows or, like, trying to, like, hey, we exist on Cartoon Network and we appreciate Cartoon Network. But it, it was – it's still a little painful at times. Um, it's like, you know, if, like, Teen Titans, they were like, guys, we have to go. Why is there – oh, um, why is there Scooby-Doo? Uh, no, I was, I, was try- <laughs> I was trying to do that weird show uh, where with the guy with a really ugly nose – um, voiced by uh Brian Murray. Oh my gosh, that show Flapjack. Flapjack, yeah, it's like. Oh my wh- gosh, I watched an episode of Flapjack again. I'm like, how did I ever watch this? This is the creepiest. It's most the creepiest fucking thing I've show. Ever seen. But yeah, that's like Teen Titans going like, early like, guys, we just got a boat with this old guy, old man, and his gr- grandson, son. Ah, he's just on my boat. You know, like it, it's like that. So uh, at one point, Kevin goes like, you know, I'm Steven. Really? I thought your name was Clarence. Uh, 
Clarence is another Cartoon Network show, which I didn't know, so I was fine. It just seemed funny that he just couldn't remember uh, Stephen's name. Just like, oh, I thought your name was Victor. Whatever. Here's my Blackberry. Put your phone number. I don't know how to use this, the trackball. <laughs> <laughs> which most people don't. Oh, gosh. Um, I do appreciate that when he finally does go over and try and talk to her, he tries to do the cool thing. He wears his scarf and the jacket with the collars up and just just mucks it right up and then walks back again and you turn around and connie's like coming up right behind him and kevin's like oh look see your stuff works and she comes right up and says steven what are you doing here like what are we doing what here? are what are we doing here are we going to figure this out because I, I i didn't know how to talk to you and if i text you to say i'm not ready to talk to you i would technically be talking to you so i didn't do that and then i went to your house but there's a sign on that said you were on vacation and so i still didn't talk to you and now i'm here because kevin said that he was going to invite you too and i wanted to talk to you but you've been acting weird this whole night and i'm just going to leave and Stephen manages to finally just like spit it out my dude <laughs> and like and it's in there and they're both honest and like steven does apologize and he like he you know it presents his point but he's like i was wrong and connie's like yeah but you know i could have been a little bit nicer but it's like they're they both present their truths and they both accept each other and it's it's, it's so nice they finally do that and then kevin's like yeah here we go now you're gonna see stevani and uh in the best stevani ways we don't do it for kevin we do it for us and so yep they both just get on lion Walk Jesus like across the pool and then just go right into a, a wormhole. Which was still kind of cool. Very cool. It's yeah. cool. I mean, like, if I was at a party and I saw a giant pink lion carrying two kids walk on water and then disappear into a porthole, I mean, that's a that's a dope party. That's probably the party I talk about. <laughs> like, dude, you would not understand. I went to this bar, this kind of lame party, but there was this pink lion and it teleported out, man. Yeah, that's, that's dope enough for me. Uh, Bro, you would not. You, you would not believe. You're not going to believe. You would not believe. Yeah, here I got pics on my Insta to check them out. Uh, so finally, after six episodes of silence, Connie and Steven have finally mended the bridge. Finally friends again. And we can get into the next ten episodes of season five, which are Lars of the Stars, Jungle Moon, Your Mother and Mine, The Big Show, Pool Hopping, Letters to Lars, Can't Go Back, A Single Pale Rose, Now We're Only Falling Apart, and What's Your Problem? Aaron's being bad and reading descriptors of the episodes as always, and you have to stop doing that. You have to glaze your eyes over and only read the titles. I'm trying. I'm so trying. Don't um, do it. Don't do it, Aaron. When we are back next Tuesday at 5 p.m., like usual, we will be talking about those 10 eps, and then the next week will be the finale. We'll be talking all of them. I will let you know. It will be a longer episode. This one went about mm, 15 minutes over, which I think was all good, all things considered. Uh, the final ep, the final last 10 episodes of season five, we are going to go yeah, Luckily, on. it's like eight or nine, so we, we have a are little bit. Are you sure? Because I'm looking at this list, and it looks like there's actually two extras, because one of them is a one-hour-long episode. Uh, well, I'm looking at the actual number numbers. So, it's... yeah, so it's, it's less because some of them are Again, they're paired together. If they're not 10 minutes, they become yeah, longer episodes. Yeah, so it's like episodes. 27 and 28. So. But either which way, we're doing the next 10 episodes next week. Expect them to get longer and longer until we're going on for three hours about this thing. 
Uh, we, uh, I, I think what we should do, Aaron, honestly, I'm going to call it now, is that for the uh, final week, the last 10 episodes of Steven Universe Season 5, we should watch the finale right before we come on the podcast. Oh, God. Why do you hurt me? I think we have to. I want our immediate gut punch reactions just right oh, there. Oh, God. Why do you hurt me? <laughs> um, okay. So... Okay, I think, I think we should, as long as you know schedules permitting, of course. Schedules permitting, yeah, of course, um, yeah, and uh, I do apologize for those who watch uh, watched our live stream or are watching our live stream. Uh, if the video cuts out or it gets a little glitchy in the half or halfway through, or um, last yeah. week we lost some audio, this week we lost some video, but they're oh, that all... was that was a couple weeks ago. But either which way, there's yeah. always another format. You can always check us out if you're listening to this in the audio format on our Facebook page at Married to the Idea. If you're watching live and want to catch up, we update our episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes every week. Yeah, um, we're real happy that we were able to do this at all. This has um, been a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun. I'm kind of disappointed that that we're going to kind of stop, but there's an end to the series, so we kind of have, have to stop. Eventually. The, the nice thing is that there is a movie and another season, six seasons and a movie. Six seasons, so, six seasons and a movie. So we will have some fun. Maybe when we do Steven Universe Future, we'll do one episode a week instead and actually oh, stretch it out that oh way. God. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. I, I don't My know. Heart. I yeah. But um, thank you guys so much. Um, be sure to comment below your favorite episode of this cluster or your favorite past episode. Yeah. Or if you did get that random reference uh, of ours, uh, we would love to hear it. I think Lars Head was my favorite of these eps, Aaron. What was your favorite? Um, I think Sadie Killer was Sadie you. Killer. I, yep. had to, I probably had to go Sadie Killer. Um, I did really like Off Colors mm -hmm. um, before Lars Head. And the uh, trial was so important plot-wise. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to change my answer to <laughs> the trial with a very close second of Sadie Killer. Excellent. So trial, Sadie Killer, Off Colors. And Lars Head for me. Just cool new pink Lars. Oh my gosh, I'm super, oh my god. And we have a friend of ours who we play D&D with who has seen everything. And she asked me at one point, she was like, so what color is Lars's hair? I'm like, normal color, orange, orange. white, whatever it is. And uh, literally we watched this and then we had a friend who was about to go see her. Uh, and, I, and I go, hey, tell her that his hair is now pink. And, or Lars's hair is now pink. He goes, I don't know what you mean, but I'll... She'll, to convey it as, she'll know what it means. <laughs> it's code. She'll know what you mean. Lars's hair is pink. Wink, wink. Nudge, wink. nudge. Um, here's again. Until next time. Remember, only you can, can keep beach hair in. I said prevent. Yeah, I know you did. Uh, keep beach in quarantine. Prevent what, what the, the spread of COVID-19. COVID yeah. Let's try again. Okay. One more time. Only you can keep you, you gotta set me no 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 you gotta team me up again so remember only <laughs> that's my line until next time remember only, only you can, can keep beach city quarantine. quarantine let's go <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>